What's up, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of Walk on Wisdom, Walk on Wisdom number five, where you guys can send in your questions to podcast.michaelchandler.com. Um, and by sending those in to that email, instead of doing our typical IG lives like I've done, um, a lot of times I just get, hey, who are you fighting next? Hey, uh, you know, what did you think about this fight? What did you think about that fight? I love answering your mixed martial arts questions, but uh, I've been extremely blessed to be, have gone through a series of ups and downs and tons of different heartbreaks and exhilarations and exuberations in my life. So therefore, I feel like I've gleaned a decent amount of wisdom. So I love you guys sending in your more thought out deeper, um, questions. Uh, and that's what we try to do here on this show. So first question here on walk on wisdom, episode five comes from Rafi. Hey, Mike, love your wisdom series. When you said, when you said, if you want something, you must do it 24 seven and work on it. My question is when is the right time to take a rest and what sign if, uh, what is a sign if I'm having burnout because I'm confused between burnout and not pushing hard enough. Thanks, Mike. Hope you have a great day. Well, Rafi, it's a good, it's a good question because everybody's ceiling, if you will, for hard work or burnout or being able to push past barriers um, is different. And quite frankly, those ceilings um, and the standard is different in different seasons of your life. Obviously, my ceiling for hard work and what it felt like to push outside my comfort zone when I was training and wrestling in high school and going through those practices and going through those ups and downs was a lot different than when I went to college, when it, all the stakes got higher, the workouts got harder, the standard got set way, way higher, the bar was set way higher. But to answer your question between burnout and not pushing hard enough, I would think about the overarching theme that you're never going to be upset with or you're never going to um, be dissatisfied with the hard work that you put in. And I say that because I've gone through crazy training seasons, crazy training sessions, crazy training camps in which I've gone out there and I've lost a fight really quickly. But I never once regretted the fact that I put in the work. It wasn't a waste of time um, or even a, a fight or a mixed martial arts competition when I went out there and knocked the guy out in 40 something seconds, but I spent 12 weeks training for it. It still wasn't a waste because I was adding layers to my human potential. I was adding layers to my human. I was adding, I was adding layers of armor onto my mind, my body, my soul, my spirit. Um, if you are experiencing burnout, I think a couple different signs are, um, obviously the physical pain, you know, if you're in the gym training every single day and you're feeling a immense amount of physical pain because you're constantly working the same muscles, you're constantly lifting heavy, or you're constantly say running, constantly running every single day and your knees are hurting like crazy. Don't be afraid to take a day either off or a day where you're walking, or a day where you're biking, a day where you're not pounding on the same physical um, aspects of your body. If you're lifting upper body every single day, not only is that from a physiological standpoint, not going to help you uh, grow to your full potential uh, because you're constantly overworking those muscles, you need to switch it up a little bit, go to legs the next day, uh, go for cardio the next day. Um, but when it comes to burnout, I think we're really talking mental. 
we're really talking about, you know, we use the term motivation all the time. We use the term inspiration all the time. A lot of times we look to these phones and we look at people and we say, Hey, uh, you know, Hey, Ed, my let, let me watch your video. Give me some motivation for today. Hey, Zig Ziglar, let me look at one of your old videos and let me get some inspiration and some motivation for today. Motivation and inspiration is an inside job. It's attaching your why, why you do something to your what, because why you pursue, pursue something is vastly more important than what you actually pursue. As long as what you pursue is edifying you and filling you up, it's going to be harder to find those moments of burnout. It's going to be harder to find those moments of you're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to hit stumbling blocks. You're going to hit peaks and you're going to have peaks and you're going to hit valleys. Um, but for the most part, continue to remember why you started and why you're doing something. Physical pain, of course, you need to push through or you need to take a day off. Don't be afraid to take a day off. I, I made this big mistake the very beginning of my career. As we, as everybody knows, I'm a walk, I was a walk-on at the University of Missouri, so I had to work harder than every single other guy in the room just to get up to the status quo, just to get up to halfway mediocre to maybe someday put on the actual Mizzou singlet in my mind. And then... I acquired the skills and I acquired the skill set and the the mindset to be able to be su to successful in the college wrestling ranks. So then it became a song and dance, a gray, kind of a gray area between working extremely hard, but also giving myself permission to take a day off here and there. I love the story of Coach Smith used to tell that, you know, I've heard him say in interviews a couple of times that I was one of the guys that he had to kick out of the wrestling room because it was true. I would overtrain. I would just run my head into the wall. Uh, I would go more goes, more minutes, more periods, more rounds, more matches, more reps in the gym than most guys would. And I would find myself completely burnt out and you could see it in my performances. So make sure you're taking stock in where your mindset is and where your body is. If your body, if your body is capable and your body feels fine, but you're not feeling it mentally and internally, make sure you go back to why, why you started. Start every day with gratitude. Start every single day. I've been hearing David Meltzer talk about this a lot. Start every day with thank you and end every day with thank you whether it's your God, whether you are a Christian, whether you are uh, any other religion or whether it's just you here in the universe, whatever you may think. Obviously for me, I say, thank you, Lord, for another day. And I start my day with gratitude. I start my day by trying to, trying to journal, get in my devotional and just pray for wisdom. James 1, 5, asking for wisdom throughout the day. And sometimes that wisdom is revealed to you in the revelation that you need to take a day off or you need to take it easier. You need to show yourself some grace. And sometimes it, it, it is that you need to lean in to and go head first into the hard work. So thank you for the question, Rafi. I hope you don't experience too much more burnout, but just remember to attach your why to your what you're doing. Next one comes from Jonathan. Hey, Mike, I'm a big fan of how you carry yourself and your podcast. My question is, how did you decide to pursue an MMA career? In 2023, I'll be taking a month to fully focus on MMA training and then see how I feel about the idea. As of right now, I'm 100% sure I will make my amateur MMA debut. However, I would like to know what you think makes the difference between someone who tries MMA and someone who makes a career out of it. Thanks for all you do and share. Well, Jonathan, number one, best of luck on your mixed martial arts journey as you start here in 2023. Um, the answer to your question is, how did I decide to pursue mixed martial arts? Sometimes you, uh, 
sometimes you feel an inclination and a calling to something. And sometimes you kind of just maybe experiment or fall into it. Um, I've, I've heard countless stories of people who, uh, never knew that they would be in certain endeavors. And then all of a sudden they look back and they've been doing it for 10 years and it turned out to be their big platform. It turned out to be their, their passion and their purpose. Um, mine was somewhat similar. I knew I wanted to continue to compete and I knew I didn't want to continue to compete in, in, uh, the sport of wrestling, nor did I think I was going to make the Olympic team beating Jordan Burroughs and all of those guys. Um, so I wanted to keep on competing didn't want to go into the workforce. Two guys that I wrestled with, Ben Asker and Tyron Woodley, they both started fighting and they were like my big brothers. So I figured, Hey, I'll follow in their footsteps and see how it happened. Uh, see how it happens. And now here we are 14 years later, almost. And I haven't, uh, haven't looked back since. And I've made a a, a great career out of it, a, a career that provides for my, my wife and my sons and, um, have just created a, a really great passion and purpose in my life. So what I would say is as you start your journey, number one, as you start any journey, and this isn't just for Jonathan, this is for anybody listening anywhere. So Jonathan's starting his mixed martial arts, um, journey right now, but it doesn't matter what you're starting in. Make sure you show yourself some grace that you're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to have days that you're just not feeling it. You're going to have days where you want to quit. You're going to have days where you question it. You're going to have days that the workload in front of you doesn't seem to be as enticing as the dangling of the carrot at the end. Um, so in that you have to ask yourself, well, if I don't get excited about, and I'm not willing to accept the amount of work that it's going to take, I have to ask myself, do I truly deserve this? Or do I truly believe that this is my passion? There's been times that I've obviously questioned my, not necessarily my career, um, but I've questioned whether or not I was going to be good enough and successful enough at mixed martial arts to continue to pursue it. Back in 2012, 2013, after winning a world title and being ranked top five in the world, I went 688 days without winning a fight. I lost three fights in a row and there was times in, in that process that I questioned, is this how I'm going to provide for my wife? At that time, it was just me and Bree. Is this something that is going to be, am I going to be successful enough at it to make it lucrative enough to be able to provide for my wife, my future sons? Um, so it's okay to question that because if anything, sometimes you need to question something to remind yourself how much you truly love it. And I think in that, not only did I, did it give me an opportunity in that law streak to do a lot of work between my ears, winning the battle between my ears, taking extreme ownership for what was going on into going on inside my mind and what was going into my mind, because you're what you are and where you are because of what has gone into your mind. Um, so it gave me an opportunity to really take stock in why I started. Um, and he said, I would like to know what you think makes the difference between someone who tries MMA and someone who makes it their career. And therein lies the rub. Um, I was fortunate. I was able to, uh, I wrestled at, or I coached at Mizzou for a year. I was able to sock away a little bit of cash, just enough to, to barely live off of to where I could start my mixed martial arts career and then started getting sponsors. And when I say sponsors, I mean like tiny little bitty, uh, amounts of, of money to be able to scrape and claw and pay for gas and get to the gym and all that kind of stuff. And then things started clicking for me. So you don't really quite know until you get in there. 
you don't really quite know until you get in the thick of it. And all you can do is make the best decision you can with the information that you have. And Jonathan, whether that's you starting your mixed martial arts journey now, or that's me right now after 14 years of my mixed martial arts journey and won world titles and been on the big stages and having a wife and having sons and having all of these different things in my life, there's times where I'm constantly questioning everything. The one thing that they don't tell you about being an adult is whenever you're a young man or a young woman and you look up to all these adults and you think they all got it figured out, by the time they're 30, they got to have it figured out. Then you hit 30 and you realize we're all just winging it and we're all just flying by the seat of our pants. Well, by the time they're 40, they're definitely going to have it all figured out. By the time they're 50, they're definitely going to have it all figured out. And I think the answer to that or the overarching theme is, yeah, you figure out a lot of things, but a lot of times too, you're just, you're just living in the moment, trying to make the best decision you can with the information that you have. And for me, it's always worked out well throwing myself fully into something and saying yes to something. And if the answer ends up being no, or the door ends up closing and that door ends up being locked, then we bounce out and we go and we look for another open door. We look for another uh, friendship, relationship, endeavor, road, whatever it may be to get you to something that makes you feel alive. I can tell you this, mixed martial arts and living for my wife and my sons and having this great platform makes me feel alive. So, uh, Jonathan, I wish you the best of luck. All I, all I can say is you're not going to know until you get in there. And the great thing is, even if you go in there and you fall flat on your face and you leave yourself up to a little bit of criticism and people could point their finger and say, Jonathan, I told you, man, should have just kept that job or you should have just done this or you should have just done that. Or who who are you to go out there and try to start a mixed martial arts journey? The beautiful thing is you were the man in the arena and you were the guy who even if you fall flat on your face, you took a chance on yourself and that's better than what seems like 90% of people these days. So don't play small, don't play it safe. Go out there, see what happens and check back in with us here in a month or two and we'll uh, maybe you'll be on walk on wisdom episode 10 and we'll see how your uh, journey is going next one is from anonymous i would love to remain anonymous how would you help someone going through their first heartbreak they may feel lost and lonely during the holidays great question um heartbreak is is so tough we are human beings that were created and what sometimes seems like dropped on this rock that's spinning at a million miles an hour uh, in this infinite universe. And sometimes we can feel so alone. We can feel so heartbroken and broken. I've been there. I've felt broken. I have felt lost. I have felt, and I've had seasons of, of so much fogginess and so much yearning for so much clarity and asking dropping to my knees and praying to God for wisdom or to change certain circumstances or change someone else's heart or to change um, my career, to change the pressure that I feel here, the pressure that I um, feel in some of these other scenarios. And sometimes you can be heartbroken and have nothing. And some people with everything can also feel heartbroken and everyone in between. Um, but the biggest thing I think is to not fall into the trap that the enemy wants to attack you with and say you're not worth it. The enemy wants to tell you you're not worth it. 
There's no sense in trying. There's no sense in fighting. There's no sense in growing. There's no sense in trying to become better, trying to get better because your life is just going to be like this forever. And I think we've all felt that. We've all, we've all heard that. We've all heard that voice. I can tell you right now, I've gone through that numerous times in my life, whether it be my career, whether it be my, my fear of, of multiple things that I struggle with because the enemy and a lot of times the inner me uh, wants to tell you that you can't change or you're just another branch on a messed up family tree that's all crooked and all cracked and isn't fruitful and doesn't have deep roots. It'll tell you that the, the voice will tell you, hey, this is just you. This is who you are. Yeah, I know you had a season that was pretty good, but don't forget you're less than. Don't forget your past mistakes. Don't forget that you actually don't deserve to be successful, to be loved, to be cherished, to be valued, to be happy, to be joyful. Because trust me, I've felt those things in my life. I've heard that voice. As recently as these last couple months, I've felt that. Even me losing a fight, coming back, questioning myself, questioning my decisions, questioning, am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I worthy? Um, I went through a mindset, kind of a 12-week mindset program with my with a, a friend of mine now named Jim Hensel. And one of the questions that we had to ask ourselves is, in your greatest moment of opportunity and at your darkest hour, am I enough? And that question can only be answered with a yes, I am enough, if you do the work necessary inside of you to become better. And I don't care if this anonymous question came from somebody who is completely alone, who has nobody to lean on, has nobody to turn to, who is sitting in a field somewhere by themselves, um, exposed to the elements. You have joy, peace, contentment, gratitude, peace, patience, and everything inside of you. You have an infinite amount of that inside of you, an infinite amount of all of those things, if you will just believe and if you will just tap into them. Now, granted, as I just said with that example, we need people to turn to. We need people to lean on. We need people to, we need a shoulder to cry on. So number one, I would say if you're dealing with heartbreak, you're never, you're not going to be able to forget that person or that wrong that was done to you or that loss anytime soon, but you're going to learn to live with it. Something that Jim Hensel also, we talked a lot about too, was some dragons you're able to slay. And I do think you will be able to slay this dragon, but some dragons were able to slay and some, some dragons, we, we just get really good at pushing into a corner. Think about that visual. You got this dragon breathing down your neck. He's constantly day and night keeping you awake, keeping you anxious, keeping you feel not loved, keeping you feel not worthy. Sometimes we're good. We are okay or we are good at slaying them and we turn into a new person, a new being. And sometimes you just get good at pushing them into a corner and we get good at with dealing with them and quieting that voice, cooling down that hot breath that's breathing down our neck, silencing that voice that tells us we're not good enough. So it is anonymous. I don't know who this is, but I know no matter who it is, all of us have gone through these times in our lives, these seasons in our life. And I promise you, 
that your best days and blessed days are out ahead of you. And yesterday really did end last night. And today the sun really did rise again. And you are a new creation created in the image of an almighty God. And you do have the abilities, the gratitude, the joy, the peace, the contentment, and the peace inside of you. If you will just tap into it, start your day with gratitude, start your day with saying thank you and end your day with saying thank you. And that's the quickest first step that you can take to starting to feel loved again. Next question comes from Peter. Thank you so much for answering my question in your last video. I do most of my training by myself, but me and my brother train together sometimes and do light sparring and grappling. I have definitely had concerns about damage to my brain, but I'm taking measures to avoid it in order to preserve my longevity. I've also been taking BJJ for about a month, twice a week. Something I admire about your fighting style is how explosive you are. What are some exercises you'd recommend to build explosive strength like yours? What does your strength and conditioning routine look like? Thanks again. Peter. Um, so to address the first thing about kind of the brain, brain issues or the brain damage and all that kind of stuff. Um, obviously you guys have seen the way that I fight. Um, you guys have seen the way, you know, if you go, if I go back to the way that I wrestled, I wrestled with my head first. Um, I think it's a, an overarching theme in my life. I throw myself head first into things. Now, not always a, a good thing. Um, I'm sure doctors would tell you, Hey, you know, protect your brain, protect your head. It is your most valuable asset. And it is. Um, so that's why I do take a lot of supplements that are, um, working to mitigate the inflammation, mitigate the risk of any kind of brain, uh, adverse health effects, if you will, omega-3 fatty acids, uh, curcumin, turmeric, anti-inflammatories, glutathione, um, hyperbaric chamber, oxygen therapy, um, been doing some cold tub lately and uh, I also like to do sauna. So kind of the hot and cold contrast um, and then eating an anti-inflammatory diet. Those are three, four five things real quick. If you're just listening in the car, bank those away into your head um, and think about taking those supplements. But the real question is you admire my explosive style. What are the exercises that you, that you do to build explosive strength? So the great thing about um, training for explosion is I always just couple strength plus speed to increase power, to increase explosiveness. So obviously a great example is a traditional back squat with a box jump. That's your strength movement plus your speed movement to increase the power, increasing those muscle fibers. If I'm just underneath the bar and I'm just throwing a heavy weight on there, my feet are planted firmly on the ground and I'm going slow and controlled, I'm not really... I'm not really welling up those explosive muscles. I'm not really, are those muscle fibers, those fast twitch fibers. If you want to be speedy, you got to train speed. If you want to be explosive, you got to train explosive. Now, if you want to be strong, just train strength. Um, but you guys see me doing a ton of med ball movements. You know, obviously in mixed martial arts, that, that twisting motion, being able to throw a punch, whether it be an overhand right, a left hook, whether it be able to turn my hips over and throw a kick, uh, whether it be able to have strong, um, strong hips and body awareness, turning and be able to wrestle and grapple. A lot of med ball stuff, a lot of slamming med balls up, down, uh, into the wall, both ways, jumping over hurdles. Um, do a lot of training with Jeremy Holt here in town in Nashville. He trains a lot of NFL guys. Obviously all of those guys, their speed is the name of the game there. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who would say, Hey, I think you train too much like a football player. You train too much like a 
athlete, if you will, you know, um, but it's worked out really well for me. It really has. Um, and obviously a testament to this is, is Peter asking this question about, you know, me being pretty explosive and, and at my age and how long I've been able to stay kind of at the top of the game. I think there's a, there's a method to the madness. And I think there's a proof in the pudding, if you will, that training explosive will help you stay explosive. I don't think we get old. I think we get lazy and we get busy. I don't think we get old. I think we get lazy and busy. And I've said that quite a bit. I actually just spent 48 hours with Cameron Haynes, who's, uh, you know, pushing 50 years old and the guy runs up, can run a marathon in a day and lift and shoot his bow. Oh, and he had a, a job over the last 22 years working eight, working eight hours a day at the water treatment plant in Oregon. Um, so I don't think we get old. I think we get lazy and we get busy. Um, I think it's very, it would be very easy for Cam to say, Hey, you know what? I already have this reputation that I can run a lot. I don't really need to run today because people think I run anyway. Similar to me, I already, you know, I already know that people know that I train a lot, um, that I lift a lot of weights that I'm in the gym a lot. So uh, I can take off today. People know I'm a hard worker, but then there's that small, still voice inside of you that says, but why not today? Why not put in the effort today? And it doesn't always need to be physical. You know, going back to the anonymous question about heartbreak, going back to um, the question earlier about burnout, this life and your goals, whether they be physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, um, in your business or in your career, so many of them are mental. So today it doesn't necessarily mean I need to do a thousand reps in the gym. I could do a thousand reps in my mind and not lifting weights reps in my mind, but journaling, gratitude visualization, um, spending time with calling, texting, emailing, FaceTiming, Zooming people that I know, love and trust and, and I admire and they value me. They value my heart, my soul, my spirit to make me feel good. I just did a recap video, um, about my time with Cameron Haynes. And one of my takeaways was we, we were created for community. God created us for community. He created us to go out and have our souls and hearts and minds tethered to one another in an intimate situation, whether it be for us on a run while we're both sweating and getting after it, while we're both, while I'm trying something that I'm not very proficient at, which is shooting a bow 74 yards into a bull elk or a, a bighorn sheep target whether it be us being on a podcast and him asking me deep thought out questions about my, my life philosophy, my wife, my kids, my family, my purpose, my why we were created for community. We were, and we were created to be around people who push us. So, um, Peter, hope that answers your question. Strength plus speed equals power. And then, as you said, you train with your brother, that brings in that community aspect of it. Not only is your actual, your actual blood brother, um, but being around people at the BJJ gym, at the strength and conditioning gym, that's going to well something up inside of you that says, hey, if he can do it, I can do it. Same thing as me running next to Cameron Haynes, who runs a marathon all the time. And I've never ran a marathon <clears throat> in one day in my entire life. But for some reason, being around him, told myself I could do it and I did it. And it wasn't that bad. So thank you for the question. Next one comes from Adam. Hey, Michael, I'm 20 and recently started MMA and I'm trying to progress as fast as I can. I've been working very hard, but I'm not quite sure where I should focus more of my energy and training. I was wondering about how much of your training involves strength and conditioning and how much involves technical stuff directly related to fighting. Thanks and love the podcast. Thank you, Adam. Um, so number one, yes, you should be trying to progress as fast as you can, but don't get caught up in 
the, as fast as I can, because Adam, it's not up to you. Take yourself out of it. And even though we write down goals, even though we write down, you know, hey, by the end of this year, I want to be able to compete and I want to be able to compete in my first amateur fight. I want to be able to compete in my first BJJ competition. I want to be able to beat that guy at the gym, that guy at the gym who's started about a year before me. I think I can catch up to him. I want to be beating him or submit him or not be submitted by him by X amount of date. It's not up to you. That's the one thing that we have to remember is as long as you're putting your best foot forward, as long as you're working hard, as long as you are doing the things necessary of you, let it run its course. It's like the old quote, the man who loves running will be able to run a lot farther than the man who loves the destination. If you start your journey with the destination in mind and you have these unrealistic expectations of these different milestones that you're going to hit, you're not actually in love with the process. You're not actually in love with the journey. And maybe you are. Maybe I'm completely off base here, but I know I've always wanted to be a world champion. But being a world champion takes time. Being... Winning and beating guys who are ranked ahead of you on these big stages, it takes time. And it's not up to me, but it is up to me to wake up every morning, say thank you, operate in gratitude and work extremely hard. And as long as you're taking care of those things, those small things, those, those things that seem to be seemingly just putting in the work, eventually the hard work eventually pays off. You just have to still be standing there when it does. Um, so the question is, I've been working really hard, um, but where should I focus my energy and training? Well, Adam, it's a really hard question because I don't know what your physical stature is. Um, so when it comes to physical or strength and conditioning and technical um, MMA stuff, it really depends on where you are physically, mentally, spiritually, how mentally tough are you? And obviously you're going to continue to grow mentally tough, more mentally tough, more spiritually tough, more spiritually sound in this process of adding layers of armor to your body and your mind and your spirit. Um, but I like strength and conditioning two, two to three days a week. Um, outside of training camp, uh, I'm hitting about three days a week, making sure I'm hitting my cardio in. And then I go to the gym a couple times a week as well. Um, but you've never, your career or your endeavor that you're going into mixed martial arts will never be de deterred by doing strength and conditioning or cardio adding those things to your repertoire as much as you can. Cause I've, I've seen a lot of people who have had the, excuse me, have had the thought, well, I'm doing grappling. That's kind of like lifting. I'm doing sparring and boxing and kickboxing. That's kind of like lifting and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm getting faster. I'm getting more, uh, more attuned to the, the movements and the footwork and that kind of stuff. And I, while I completely agree with that, I do think from a longevity standpoint, a lot of guys and gals bodies fall apart because they haven't bulletproofed their body enough through strength and conditioning, through weightlifting, through external force. So you guys know me, I'm a huge strength and conditioning guy. Not only do I think it makes me a better athlete, more fast and more explosive and stronger, but I do think it has helped me have longevity in the sport. But make sure you're hitting the gym. I mean, basically make sure you're doing something every day, whether it's one workout a day or two times a day, um, whether it be strength and conditioning or whether it be mixed martial arts training, I would go mixed martial arts training probably 
I would honestly, if you're in your mixed martial arts journey, my training camps look like this. I train mixed martial arts every single day, at least once a day, but two times a week, I'm doing strength and conditioning and supplementing and not doing mixed martial arts training on Wednesday and Friday night um, for my second workout. And I'm just doing strength and conditioning and not mixed martial arts. So if you're really truly pursuing mixed martial arts, just like if you're pursuing anything, you should be doing that the majority of the time. And then your strength and conditioning is a nice compliment and a add on to the layers of your armor for your body. Next question from Jason. Hey Mike, how can I overcome anxiety and dive into detail? Um, panic, panic attacks. So how can I overcome anxiety and panic attacks? They usually occur when I raise my heart rate by working out, taking away from health and such. What do you think? And have you experienced a thing like this? So not only are you getting panic attacks or anxiety, but it's happening while you're working out. Um, and I think that's a good thing that it's happening while you're working out because that can be very easily overcome. It doesn't, you know, you're, it's, it's your fear of getting to that point of getting outside of your comfort zone. Um, you know, back when I first really started my athletic career or different times in my career, when I've added pressure to myself, um, a lot of times these external forces is really the root cause of these of your anxiety and your panic attacks. Um, it's not necessarily the fact that you really think that you're going to maybe die if your heart rate gets up. And I could be, I could be wrong here, Jason, but, um, though my first initial thought was it actually has nothing to do with getting in better shape. It has nothing to do with going harder. It has nothing to do with getting more reps inside of those, um, inside of the gym so that maybe it goes away. It has everything to do with being able to close your eyes. And imagine Jason walking into the gym. What does he feel like? How calm is he? How is he breathing? Where is his heart rate at? Then you can visualize him, yourself. You can visualize yourself going in there, being in the hard rounds, the hard, putting in the hard reps, going, doing the hard, long circuits for long extended periods of times, time, and then literally visualizing your heart beating. I've done this a lot in my training, actually, when I, um, I forget where I heard it or where I saw it or where, or maybe I just made it up one day. I'm sure I didn't. I'm sure I picked it up somewhere, but when I'm in my hard training sessions and I've pushed myself past that limit to where I do start to feel hot, um, restless, uh, a little bit anxious, a little bit like there's the weight of the world is on me right there because I know I got maybe two, three rounds left. I literally close my eyes and visualize instead of my heart beating really, really fast, pumping, 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 pumping. I visualize it. Boom, 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 boom. And I literally will make that noise audibly in my, in my mind or, or actually audibly, um, making the noise of boom, boom. Boom, boom, and it brings my heart rate down. Because without by trying by not acknowledging it and trying to overcome it, you have complete control of your body. So many of us think that we have no control over our body, we have no control over our circumstances, we have no control over all the things that happen to us, and we have, we have so much more control. We have an infinite amount of control if we will just practice it enough. For example, I've been doing ice baths recently and I am probably the most cold averse person that I feel like I know. 
I'm the type of guy who starts shivering when it drops a little bit below 70, which is a good ind- indication that I need to be doing ice baths. Um, stay, stay with me, Jason here. I'm, I'm going to come back around to it. But when I first do an ice bath, I shake uncontrollably. I start shaking uncontrollably and shivering uncontrollably. And my breath is hard to, it's, it's hard to push, push out. It's hard to breathe in. Um, my body is just completely having involuntary spasms. And as I've gotten more used to it, or as I've practiced it, as I've even stopped and visualized myself, I mean, I actually yesterday did an ice bath yesterday, like 745 or whatever. Later on that day, I had an inclination to want to do it again. I ended up not doing it because um, I'm really trying to break myself in lightly here. I don't need to be doing two a day. Um, but I did spend a couple of minutes just kind of thinking and I can visualize myself. I can see myself sitting in the cold, but for some reason, well, not for some reason, I know exactly why I'm doing it. I can see myself being at peace in the midst of the freezing cold. I can see myself. I can even see the icicles forming on my head when it's 30 something degrees here in Nashville and I'm sitting in there for five minutes. Uh, I can visualize myself not shaking. I can visualize myself breathing deeply and calmly and peacefully. And that was a mental rep that I was able to do. So very similar to that scenario. And anybody who's listening right now who is not like Jason, who has a little bit of anxiety or panic attacks when you get into these hard workouts, when your heart rate goes up, um, aside from you having possible, you know, aside from you having any actual physical uh, condition or ailment that is, that is uh, causing these panic attacks during the workout, visualize yourself when you're not in there or maybe right before, maybe you pull up to the gym. Sit in your car for five minutes and tell yourself, I, Jason, am going to be calm, cool, and collective. I don't train. I don't just train. I train smart and sharp. I don't just train. I train composed and confident. Those are the four things I tell myself or the two things I tell myself every day. I don't just fight. What do you do for a living? Well, I fight. No, you don't just, I don't just fight. I fight smart and sharp. I fight composed and confident. Proclaim it and write it down, visualize it. And it will not happen overnight. It will not happen the first time, second time, maybe not even the hundredth time. Who knows? But doing the mental reps and visualizing yourself in the fight, in the fire, will most assuredly help you get to where you want to be. So I hope that helps. Next question from Billy. What are some ways to keep up with consistency and a positive mindset? And how to not let things bother you? Thanks for being a great role model. God bless. See you at the top. Billy. Well, number one, thank you for the kind words, um, Billy. Um, how do I keep up with consistency and mindset and not let the little things bother you? Um, I think I'll start with the little things, man, the older I've gotten and the busier I've gotten and the more pressure that has come with this life that we live and the more obligations and the more, um, you know, the obligation of now being a, a father and a husband, um, the little things just don't matter as much. Well, that's a lie. Let's be honest. We, we all struggle with them. It's not a lie, uh, but it's, a, it's something that I struggle with. Um, even as recently as these last couple months since the fight, just these the little things, reminding yourself that it's just a little, this is, this is something that isn't going to matter tomorrow. You know, I've been doing a lot of studying um, into God's word, uh, what God's word says about our lives. Um, that a work that was started in you, uh, 
will be seen through to completion. And if that is true, then this little thing or even the big thing and everything in between is going to be taken care of. Talks about the birds of the field. He talks about the flowers, um, that they don't worry about things, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And I think that's part of it too, is, is sometimes we let these little things bother us. And instead of, instead of addressing the fact that we are covered and we are taken care of, and they are going to work themselves out as they have worked out a thousand times before we focus and hyper-focus on the problem. So Billy, don't just, don't get so hyper-focused on the problem. Don't put a magnifying glass on the problem. Pull yourself away from it, have a little bit of perspective and say, Hey, this little thing about my life, my career, my work, my, this little thing about this person, this little thing about this relationship, the little thing about my life isn't going to matter. If it's not going to matter a year from now, don't spend any time thinking about it. I'm not just talking to you, Billy. I'm talking to me. Talking to myself, um, because that's what I've had to do a lot recently. And then when it comes to consistency and a positive mindset, that's an inside job, as we said. Number one, consistency. A very, a very tactical and easy thing to do is write down five things that you know you can get done and you know is not going to take a ton of effort and get those things done early in the morning, because then you start your day off by being able to trust yourself. If you can't trust yourself, then who's going to trust you? If you can't trust yourself to get the small things done, then how are you ever going to be able to trust yourself to get the big things done? If you can't be trusted with the small things, how are you ever going to be trusted to get the big things done? your greatest moment of opportunity when the bright when the lights are shining the brightest when you have your greatest moment to be able to break the chains and move on to a new realm move on to a a higher purpose and a higher platform a higher rung in your life if you're not able to answer that question have i done the small things right then how are you going to be able to trust yourself to get the job done and when it comes to positive mindset Spend every single day, as we talked about, start your day with thank you, end your day with thank you. Get in your gratitude journal, write down five, 10, 15 things um, that you are proud of, that you are happy with, that you are grateful for, that you are that you are thankful for. And I've been doing that a lot just in my journal. It's not even just a list. It's more just a one long note. You know, I'm so thankful for this and that and the other. Thank you so much, Lord, for this, that, and the other. Thank you so much for so writing writing the word thank you, you know, 25 times in the morning sure does change your perspective. And you're not even going to, it sounds hocus pocus and it sounds foo-foo and it sounds rah-rah. Um, but guys, we, we were created with so much gratitude inside of us and we don't tap into it enough. So Billy consistency, positive mindset, and the little things. Um, use those little tactics that I just said to uh, to help you get through it. And then make sure you're around positive people who have the same goals as you and who are consistent as well. Because by seeing those people engage in those consistent and positive um, ideas and habits and idiosyncrasies and consistencies, you will then see them in yourself. Thank you for the question. Next one comes from George. All right, this one's a little bit long, so we're going to go deep into this one. All right, George. 
Michael, thank you for all that you do. I've always respected your character and you are truly an inspiration. I listened to episode three on your walk on wisdom series and it was life changing and felt almost every single answer to your questions were directed at me. Wow. George, thank you, man. That's, that's awesome because sometimes I feel like I'm just sitting here and not many people are going to listen to this and it's awesome to hear that. So thank you, George. I'm also a father of two and I look to be a better version of myself every single day. I'm really hard on myself and always feel I can do things better. In the last six to seven years, I bettered my life like never before. I was introduced to Jim Rohn by my wife as she began her journey towards betterment and it resonated with me mentally and spiritually. I wanted to be better at that time. I wanted to be better. At that time, my wife was pregnant with our daughter and I wanted to create not just a better life for her, but a better world. I wanted to show her that all have capabilities to do anything we want in this world with Jesus Christ. And I began my own journey that changed my life. I had a corporate manager job with a great career, but I wanted more. I didn't want a nine to five that paid six figures. I wanted to show my kids that you can become anything you want. So I started my own real estate business. I pursued my dreams of being a music producer and have gotten in the best shape of my life. Wow. Good job, George. I have earned the most money I've ever had and I get to spend every day with my family. I gained 20 pounds of muscle and got down to 12% body fat and everything I dreamed of, dreamed, dreamed of was coming to reality. But about a year ago, I started to have self-doubt and worry, worry of losing it all. What if my business didn't succeed? What if I had to get a nine to five again? What if I plateaued in my physical strength? What if I couldn't provide for my kids? What if I lost the luxury of all that I had? I'd toss and turn at night, have sleepless nights, go into a dark place. I couldn't sleep for months. I was constantly worried and couldn't get out of the hole that I was in. Then I listened to your podcast and it honestly changed my life. Your advice on talking to yourself and not letting that inner dialogue of self-doubt play in my head really motivated me to be my own number one fan. Everything you said, I knew, but the way you said it resonated with me. I started to tell myself positive things. I gave myself grace. I told myself that I had a beautiful family, a beautiful wife, and I took your advice and I'm in such a better place now. I was able to finally get out of my head, away from that inner turmoil and change my perspective. Now I'm continuing to work on my music, work on music, getting stronger and in the best shape of my life, spending time with my kids and being a great dad and husband. And it's because of you that I feel stronger. God sometimes has to tear us down to build us back up stronger. And I feel stronger than I ever have. I've been molded to a better version of myself and you helped me see that. Thank you. Okay. Now to my question. Jim Rohn wanted... Jim Rohn was a man that introduced me into personal growth and I wanted to know who stands out to you. Also, will you be going to be, will you be going into motivational speaking after your career as you, are you going to write a book and when will your exercise app walk on fitness be available in iOS? Thanks again for all you do. I pray that Jesus keeps blessing you and your family much success in 2023. Wow. This was a really, really good and really deep one. George, I hope you're listening right now. Um, because man, that just touched me. I almost got choked up a couple of times because it, it reminds me of just life in general. Here's George. Um, he's a father. He quit his nine to five to pursue something. He loses, uh, or he gets in the best shape of his life, gains 20 pounds of muscle, gets a 12% body fat. He's making great money. The more money than he was making in his nine to five, which I'm sure was very, very scary to, to leave. As human beings, we want the security of that nine to five or that paycheck. We want the security of what we have now. One in the hand is better than two in the bush type of mentality. And while that is very true in certain circumstances, what George did to make a change in his life was absolutely astronomical. And the man needs to be patted on his back. And 
and quite frankly, humbly, George, thank you so much for even telling me that I was even a part of this journey, that I was even a part of your mindset, your inner clarity, your, your physical, um, abilities that you created for yourself. Um, and even for you, it sure it spilled over into being a husband. It spilled over into being a father because those are the most important things that we can be in life. But I'm also reminded, George, that it doesn't matter the gains that you make and it doesn't matter the good things that you do and it doesn't matter the awesome things that you accomplish. It doesn't matter that you get to the top of the mountain of the pedestal of exactly who George wants to be, that visual that visual perfection of who I want to be, who George wants to be. The enemy is always on attack. The enemy is always coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And I don't say that to scare anybody. I say that because with virtual certainty, we will always revert back to in certain circumstances, certain seasons of life, revert back to what if I lose it all? What if she leaves me? What if I'm not as good of a dad as I thought I was? What if my business shuts down? What if the economy closes up? What if, what if, what if? We are prone to wander. And I'm so proud of you for the gains that you have made. And I'm so proud of everybody listening right now who feel it feels like they are on top of the mountain right now. And they've, they made a change in their life and they, they made positive steps toward the man or the woman that they want to become, but stay on guard because the enemy is always coming to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy knows you. Sometimes it seems like better than you know yourself. The enemy knows your deepest fears, your deepest doubts, your deepest insecurities. The enemy feels like they have the playbook to be able to execute the X's and O's and orchestrate the things in your life that you're going to fall into. And I've experienced this so many times in my life. And I feel like, you know, just like George would probably say, I feel like I'm a good guy. I feel like I'm a hard worker. I feel like I operate in, te- in integrity. I feel like I operate in character. I feel like I make the right decisions that are indicative of a man who deserves to be successful, to be on top of the mountain, to have great platform, great influence, great love, great relationships, great peace and joy. But the enemy is always on attack. So guard your mind and guard your heart. Stand firm and stand on guard at the gate of your mind every single day. So George, thank you so much for the kind words. And I just want to encourage you and everybody who is listening right now, that even if it feels like you're on top of the mountain, the enemy is on attack. He's on the prowl right now. And as George alluded to in here, talking to yourself more than you listen to yourself, because you got to remember that enemy is the inner me. A lot of times the enemy will tell you, you're not good enough. It's only a matter of time, George, until you fall back in. It's only a matter of time before the economy collapses. It's only a matter of time before this client and that client and this client find someone better. You're not that good, George. You're not that good, Michael. So the more you can talk to yourself and you can speak things over your life, the more that voice that I just whispered, the, the enemy the less you're going to hear him or her speak into your life. And you might look a little bit crazy when you're sitting there at a stop sign and your lips are moving. You look over and someone's staring at you like, why is that guy talking to himself? (laughs) Because I've been there. I've done it. 
Uh, I've done it in the, in the back. I've, I've seen videos of me uh, when I'm warming up and stuff. And my lips are moving. And I'm sure people are thinking, man, why is this dude talking to himself? But it's not about them. It's about you. You got one life to live. You got one passion, one purpose, one platform, one presence, one, one go at this thing. So live it the way you want to live it. And if that means you got to talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself, you're going to be better because of it. And eventually you get used to and you get better at silencing that voice. Um, so kudos to you, George. So the question is, talking about Jim Rohn was the man that introduced you to personal growth. Um, who is someone that stands out? Well, number one, let me tell you my favorite, my bet, my favorite Jim Rohn quote of all time is that you'll they'll pay you four dollars to work at McDonald's, but they'll pay you four and a quarter to take the trash out with a smile on your face. And it's one of my favorite of all time because it goes back to having a good attitude, being a good team player, being a good employee. Even if that person that we're talking about is taking the trash out with a smile on their face at McDonald's, making minimum wage, making four dollars and twenty-five cents, even though that might not be where they want to be. If they're taking a trash out with their smile on their face, you can visualize that person with a smile on their face being a good team player, being a good employee, being a testament to their profession, even if their profession is taking out a bag of trash and throwing it in a dumpster at McDonald's. Once again, if you can't be trusted with the small things, how are you ever going to be trusted with the big things? The two guys walking out to the dumpster with a bag of trash, the one guy with a smile on his face and the other guy who's doing it begrudgingly, dragging it, doesn't care if it's leaking, doesn't care if it drops a little bit of trash on the ground, doesn't care if he's tripping over it, doesn't care if it even ends up in the dumpster. He might throw it over the, he might throw it over the, the fence there and it might land on the ground. He doesn't care because he doesn't care because this job doesn't mean anything to him. What he's doing doesn't mean anything to him. When he signed on the dotted line of his employment, when he said he was going to work and do his job, he didn't care because it's not really where he wants to be. But the guy who goes out there and throws that trash into the dumpster with a smile on his face, what does that say about him? His stick to his follow-through, his dependability, his reliability. Even with the smallest thing, the lowest rung where he doesn't want to be. He knows he wants to be CEO one day, but if he can take the trash out with a smile on his face, he will be infinitely more successful because he's a team player. He's got a positive mental attitude and he's going to want to, he, he is going to be desirable and he's going to attract the right people, the right places, the right things, the right opportunities. Um, so I love Jim Rohn. I love Zig Ziglar. To answer your question, George, I love Zig Ziglar. He's all over YouTube. You guys have heard me quote Zig Ziglar a million times and I, you know, even see you at the top, uh, which I have now become known for, um, was Zig Ziglar. It was Zig Ziglar's, um, he wrote a book actually called see you at the top. So you should try to find that on Amazon somewhere as well. Um, I like, um, I love Ed Milet. man. I got a lot of great friends too. David Meltzer, who's going to be here in town in a couple of days. Um, Bedros Koulian. Dan Fleischman. Um, there were some other guys. Uh, man, if you if you're into real estate, obviously Grant Cardone. You know he's a little bit brash, a little bit a little bit different. Does some things for some clicks, but uh, Uncle G is is the man. Um, his mindset and where he came from, completely broke, addicted to drugs, completely like about to be in the gutter and ends up building this, this real estate empire is, is just absolutely awesome. So, um, 
I like to listen to Joe Rogan because he has a ton of awesome um, guests on. Um, so anyways, will I be a motivational speaker after my career? You know what? I don't know. I uh, just got asked the other day to to share the stage with uh, a couple people that I will not name yet because it's not for sure set in stone and I'm not out here trying to get clout for something that might not actually happen, but it, it should be pretty cool. Um, but I, I do think and it's been revealed to me by some very high functioning, high level individuals, maybe some of the guys that I just mentioned earlier, that I've been given the gift of, of, um, of gab, if you will. Um, I've been given the gift, uh, an auditory gift to be able to speak into microphones and on stages. And I do think um, that I could spread some messages to some people that it will change their lives and better their, their lives. So um, we will see. Will I be a motivational speaker after my career? I don't know for sure, but I would say it's more more likely than not. Am I going to write a book? Um, I have kicked around the idea. I have spoken to a a very well known author as well that we've talked about co writing a book. Um, and I do think someday I will, you know, take the time to sit down and, and organize my thoughts and organize kind of the the walk on mindset, the walk on mentality, the lost streak, the ups and downs of being on the biggest stages and mixed martial arts and also feeling lower than dirt um, at times. Uh, also constantly battling with and fighting through my inner demons of self-doubt and fear and undeservedness uh, that a lot of you guys have probably dealt with. And um, I think that's part of it too. I think. Uh, just like we talked about, um, you know, me being around Cameron Haynes and somehow I ran a marathon because, uh, he was next to me. He welled something up inside of me that made me feel like I could do it. I think also sometimes people look at me and they say, man, that guy must be bulletproof, man. That guy fights with such ferocity. He trains with such vigor. He seems relentless and never stops. He must be bulletproof. He must have an armor around him and around his body, his mind, and his soul that he doesn't falter, that he doesn't feel like he, you know, he doesn't fail. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't have the same doubts and fears and insecurities. I'm just a human, just like you. And so I think just as we can be around people and they can well something up inside of us to accomplish more and do more, I do think me giving you guys the permission to see the me who admits that I feel like a failure at times, that I feel insecure at times. I feel like, you know, this is all just one big uh, dog and pony show. And then eventually the the rug's going to be ripped out from underneath me and the lights are going to go out. You know, we all have those times and going back to some of these questions, it doesn't matter what you've accomplished. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter how much integrity and character and, and, um, attention to detail that you operate in. The enemy is always on the prowl. So stay built up, be around people that, you know, love and trust that will build you up so you can become your best self and be your best self. Um, the last question is, when will the when will Walk On Fitness be available on iOS, the App Store, on iPhones? It uh, We just got approved and we just worked out a couple kinks and a couple bugs. So you can go to walkonfit.com right now um, and you can download the app for um, 
iPhone, Android, web-based version, any tablet, any uh, device that you want. We have a four-week upper body program, a four-week lower body program. We have a six-week train like a crazy explosive athlete like me with Jeremy Holt, who is my uh, my coach here in town. We formulated it together. He formulated a lot of it. Um, and uh, then we also have a four-week body weight circuit program where you don't need any equipment whatsoever. 20-minute circuits, I put you through them. I do them with you. And uh, I think you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And then we're going to also continue to add more and more mindset to it. We have diet plans, nutrition plans, my my uh, supplement list that is evolving all the time as more and more research comes out and I do more and more research. But um, man, I appreciate you guys. If you're listening to this and you want to send in your questions, make sure you send in your questions to podcast at michaelchandler.com. These times for me are... You know, a lot of times I do a lot of work on myself and I do a lot of journaling and writing stuff down and, and, um, watching people I admire, looking at people I admire, trying to ingest from and learn from people that I admire, but even going through exercises like this, um, really helps me. And it reminds me that we are all just one human race on this earth and George and Peter and Billy and Jason and Adam, Jonathan, Rafi, guys and gals like you guys are, uh, you know, we're all going through something at some point in time, no matter where we're at. Keep on keeping on, keep on getting after it. Keep on becoming the best version of yourself by trying to do the work on yourself. Wake up every morning and say, thank you. Go to bed every night, say thank you. And thank you guys for letting me be a part of your journey. Walk on. I'll see you at the top.